0: I'm Adam Blottenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth
1: of BD Diesel.
0: I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast.
1: What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on The Diesel Podcast. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Justin Ziegler from Ziegler Diesel Performance. He just won UCC. Uh, the truck, you probably saw it all over social media with uh, you know, making 3300 horsepower, the, the the brakes on fire. Um, just, it was incredible for performance. So we're gonna chat with him about that. And then also we've gotten a lot of questions about building a five, nine to like that 550, 600, maybe a little bit over 600 horsepower mark, something that you're going to tow with daily drive, not necessarily in the market to buy a new truck. You just want to take this 3 to 7, make it more competitive with, you know, the power level, have it be reliable. So I'm going to ask him, what are we going to do for the transmission? If we have a manual, you know, what are we gonna do for the clutch air fuel? engine work, intercooler, suspension, fuel system. So he's gonna go through all that with us and and answer those questions. Before we get to it though, I wanna let you guys know we have a discount code for Kershaw Knives. It's 20% off site-wide. All you gotta do is enter code diesel20 at kershaw.kiausa.com. Anything's eligible on there. So they got tons of things for EDC, fishing, hunting, outdoors, you know, anything in between. So we appreciate them offering that for our listeners and it's a great way to take advantage, save some money before we head into hunting season. You know, Summer's still going on, so they're still fishing, all that sort of stuff. So make sure you take advantage of that. Also, if you're listening to this podcast and you found us on YouTube, you don't subscribe, make sure you click the subscribe button, turn on the notifications. Each week we're releasing new episodes to focus on Cummins, Duramax, Power Stroke. If there's questions you guys have, Uh, maybe i didn't ask the right question or didn't go as far as i should have on a particular build comment on youtube let us know we check those all the time and we appreciate all the feedback um, suggestions you know for guests and and episodes and things like that so we love to see what you guys want what you guys want to hear and make this podcast your podcast all right let's get to today's episode with justin and chatting about his ucc win and then also how we're going to build this 5-9 Justin, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to have you on to be able to chat, one, about an awesome UCC win with a huge power number that uh, was incredible to see. And then also chat a little bit more about, you know, 5'9 Cummins and, and just building a truck. So I know we'll have a great conversation, and I appreciate your time today.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: We uh, we had done an episode a long time ago. I think it was 2018 um, with uh, a truck that you had, and you were doing King of the Street Challenge. And sinking back towards that episode to over 3,300 horsepower now, that's a huge progression in four years, you know, so I wanted to ask you a bit about putting this truck together for UCC this year. And like, was that a specific power number you had in mind? Did you know the truck could make that kind of power? um, Or was, you know, some of it a little bit of a surprise?
0: Uh, Well, we knew last year at UCC, when that engine turbo setup was in the quad cab, we knew it could do north of 3,000. With everything we had, kind of ran through, uh, with what it was capable of, we thought it would be in that you know close to thirty five hundred range. So uh, last year we didn't get the chance to really turn it up and you know pour the nitrous to it because we had to sled pull. So we were I think we we're third or fourth to last last year. So we we're kind of like yeah, let's be conservative. There hasn't been any real big numbers let's go up here make 24 2,500 horse and that should put us on the top and ride it out for Sunday. So going into this year we decided that we would keep that engine and turbo setup just for the dyno. On the drag strip we run a completely different turbo setup um, you know switch over to a Bosch channel and ECM and you know in the new regular cab truck and we were gonna throw it all at it see what it would you know see what would stick uh, we did a bunch of testing uh, tire-wise and stuff like that to find something that would really grab the roller. Uh, so we swung for it, and it stuck.
1: <laughs> and do you feel the pressure now that, you know, UCC's over? Um, you know, you had you know, the, the truck performed as it did. There's so many views, and, you know, everyone knows about the power numbers. You know, we all saw the dyno. So do you feel the pressure, you know, because time goes by so fast, so next year will be upon us and be another, you know, race season. How's that a little bit different than, say, before where you held the truck back a little bit um, in 2021 versus now going all out and setting the bar as high as, as you did?
0: Um, I don't know. I really don't get caught up in the, in the pressure of it. Um, you know, we always, as a team, we get together before we do big events like this. And. Yeah, that's one thing that we always talk about is it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing, what everybody else is shooting for. That doesn't matter. We're there to do what we came to do. And at the end of the day, we'll see where it is when the dust settles. Um, going into this year, we'll see if, uh, I mean, what do I have more to prove? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if we're going to do it or not. Uh, if we do, uh, I'm going to chase my own dino number. Uh, I think that number could stand for quite a long time, and with the data we received off of that dyno pool, the things that we learned, all the things we found, we tore up doing it, uh, parts that nobody has ever hurt before. Um, if we can, if we can get it to harness it a little bit better, we should be able to put, you know, considerably more up if the tire will hold.
1: So the competition would really be you know with yourself i guess in a sense to say you know is there anything else that i could do different do i think i could um you know maybe push this a little farther instead of necessarily looking out over the landscape of diesel racing and performance and saying what's this person doing or that team doing it's really probably more so you know looking at your team the you know the companies that you work with and saying is there anything more that that is out there for us to achieve or change or you know get that number or the performance a little farther
0: Well, we were already making moves yesterday. So we were, uh, I I spent the day down at Firepunk uh, just studying some converter stuff and doing some talking with Lynn down there. And, uh, you know, he was talking with Neil Chance and we're going to be testing a new converter here when we bring the truck back out at Shide, Uh, hopefully going straight and going fast like it should. And if it does the changes we think it'll do, you know, we should be a contender in Pro Street as well as be able to actually get a hold of, you know, more power because I mean, we had according to the data a little over forty-eight percent converter slip on that dyno pool from three thousand RPM to fifty two hundred, we had about forty-eight percent converter slip.
1: I know that uh you know when I was watching a lot of feedback on like Facebook and Instagram and lots of posts when the event was going on, a lot of Cummins owners they'll say, Hey, I just saw Justin, you know, do this with his truck. I just saw it perform this way. I just want to build you know, like a 550, 600 horse, 5.9. If he's at 3,300, he knows how to get to 550, you know, 600. And I, I've had a lot of listeners ask that question to us to say, hey, um, who can you chat with to kind of just give me a general overview of what I should do? So I wanted to ask you, you know, if somebody's got a 03 to 07, 5.9, um, and it's you know, a truck that they don't necessarily want to go out and buy a new one. They just want something that's a little bit more competitive with the horsepower and the torque make it reliable they're towing something daily driving i wanted to see if you could walk us through like if i walked into ziegler diesel performance right now and i said hey i've got an no 559 i want 550 to 600 what kind of questions would you ask me or what what direction would you have me look into make choices for air fuel transmission um maybe valve train stuff intercooler things like that
0: yeah. uh, ultimately my first question is always what is done to the truck currently and what is your end goal And what do you want to use the truck for? Because those are all going to determine how extensive we get. Um, You know, 550, 600 horse build. I mean, let's face it, it's a Dodge. It's going to need a trans. Um, That's the first place we start because you can make all the power in the world if you can't, you know, get it through the trans. They did nothing. Uh, So we would start with a trans. Uh, Usually for something, you know, in that neighborhood, we'd use the Firepunk uh, Street Track Trans works fantastic. I've personally pushed it over 750 horse. Uh lives in my dad's truck at, at that power level and he drives it every day.
1: What comes in that I know I know it has an upgraded flex plate converter. What kind of billet shafts do we get to on a setup like that?
0: Uh so that it that would be a standard size uh billet input shaft, um billet output shaft. I believe it still has a stock intermediate. Uh, it's got fire valve body their clutch setup basically all their stuff from all their, their good trannies, just not the high dollar shafts. Gotcha. So, and it, it's, it's budget friendly. And like I said, it works fantastic. I've sold a ton of them.
1: <laughs> so if I walk in, I've got this, uh, say it's stock. I don't have anything done to it. We're going to look at this uh, Firepunk street and track transmission to, you know, really have that, that good basis to go forward. Cause I know you're going to add it, you know, air and fuel and things like that. Um, you know, should I look at a compound turbo setup? Should I look at, you know, a single charger? Let's say I'm not at elevation. I'm not in Colorado or Montana or anything like that. So I'm closer to sea level. What kind of direction are you going to guide me on the the turbo?
0: I mean, if you're only trying to stay in that 550, 600 horse range, that's very easy. Um, you know, a, a fast lift pump, a fleece cheetah, and some good tuning will put you right in that neighborhood. Um on a good, healthy fuel system. You know, if, if the fuel system's weak, trust got a lot of miles, You know, we're gonna push you into a set of injectors and a CP3. Uh, I mean, I would use like a set of the 43% over exergy injectors, um, quote unquote, 100 horsepower injectors with their 10 mil pump, it'll make that power all day long um, and, and still leave room on the table that if you wanted to grow into a bigger charger setup, um, you know, get into like an S 300 base and start pushing that, you know, 650, 700, you know, 750 mark, you have the fuel system there to do it.
1: With the the motor itself, say like valve springs, head studs, am I going to need to do those as well?
0: Absolutely. We always recommend if you're upgrading the charger, let's do valve springs, push rods, head studs, cheap insurance.
1: Yeah, that would definitely. I, I've seen some of the uh, some of the repair bills for uh, having to take that off and they're not very nice. So that's that's how I yeah. you know, to think of a build like this is what can I do just at the start to be able to eliminate, you know, having to do something, you know, later on is right, as far as like the intercooler and people ask this too. OK, I have this power. Um, there's going to be more boost going through the tubes, you know, the intercooler clamps. Do I need to look at all that sort of stuff or is the OEM set up? fine for the kind of power and daily driving and and towing that i'm going to be doing with this truck
0: the intercooler will be fine uh as long as it's not an 05 truck 05 dodge put a uh, plastic end tank intercooler in it and you start going much above the factory boost it will blow the end tank. Uh, i've had it happen countless times uh, we've got a bunch of 05 trucks running around in that power range you know guys will You know, find a buddy that upgraded that has a 06, 07 truck and buy his intercooler off of him, you know, his factory one, throw it in, no problems. So the stock intercooler, yes, it it will be fine at that power level. You start getting beyond, you know, that I would recommend upgrading the boots and the intercooler just to keep EGTs in check. Uh, You know, good intercooler will give you a couple hundred degree EGT drop at peak. Uh, Does make a a a nice difference if the budget allows one, and two, at that power level, I wouldn't. It it, you don't need it.
1: If I am going to replace it with an aftermarket one, are there certain ones that you guys like there at the shop, or you know, ones you'd say, "Hey, pick up," you know, one of these three. Just pick whichever you like, but you know, these three are the ones we've had good experience with.
0: I've had really good experience with the On Three intercooler. It works fantastic. The price point's right. Um I have personally put you know 80 pounds of boost through them on a street truck, no issues. Um you know, Banks makes a nice one as well. The Mishimoto ones are, are pretty decent as well. I mean there there are some good options out there. I know BD makes one that's that's pretty darn nice. Uh I'm not gonna say one manufacturer is better than the other or anything like that. Um, it all depends on the design of the intercooler. Obviously, you know, like the on three, they have you know, three and a half inch inlet and outlet, you know, versus the factory three inch, you know, the core is like eight and a half inches taller, you know, about an inch thicker. I mean, it is a better intercooler the entire way around. And like I said, the price point's there. I mean, it's it's not crazy money, you know, like everybody else is in the 11, 1200 range, you know, they're in the seven hundred and fifty range, eight hundred range.
1: Now with the rest of the truck, is there anything else that I would need to do as far as suspension? Um, any other thing like that for not necessarily daily driving towing, but if I got by 5,600, I'm sure I'm going to take it to a test and tune sometime and, you know, launch it or just, you know, have a little bit of fun with it. Do I need to look at that as well at that power level?
0: I always recommend traction bars for guys that are gonna, you know, put the truck on the track, whether it be sled pull or drag race or just a hot street truck to be out there hot dogging it, playing with their friends, it, once again gets down to that cheap insurance i
1: don't want to forget about the manual guys because i know someone out there's got an NV 5600 g56 and they want that 550 to 600 and you know for kind of an application like I said daily driving towing might you know maybe have a little bit of fun with it what kind of recommendations would you make for me to pick a clutch that i can daily drive but that also is going to handle this extra power
0: You know, South Bend and Valair both make fantastic dual disc clutches that will hold that power all day long. Still have excellent street manners, you know, not be chattery uh, or, you know, like Buck when you're in reverse, trying to back a trailer up or anything like that. Uh, There are some very nice options out there, you know, for that power range. Obviously, if you want to go beyond that, we're going to be looking at, you know, other options, but for that power range, you know, a good street dual disc, work fantastic.
1: So, so if I was going to recap it, I got an auto, I'm looking at a transmission, something like a fleece cheetah, um, valve trains so like push rods, valve springs, um, head studs, maybe an intercooler, depending on the year range that I need. So like a fast fuel system, traction bars, I should be pretty set up then for that 550 600 be happy with it. Be able to put some miles on it, and, you know, and just be good. Now we kind of went through the way that we should do this and owning a shop talking to guys all the time what are like three or five things that you see people come in and they've did it completely wrong like what is the worst way to try to get 550 600 or maybe even a little bit more on a
0: 5.9 it seems like everybody wants to jump to that power without doing the supporting mods needed to live there so guys will throw injectors and pump and turbo at them but we still have factory lift pump we still have you know, factory valve springs, push rods, factory head bolts. You know, and then they're pissed because they blow a head gasket. And it's like, well, if you would have done the supporting mods first, lay the groundwork. It's like building a house. You build the foundation before
1: you build the house,
0: and that's that's how I preach it to everybody. You know, you got to start at ground level before you start building up.
1: So that's why you started with the transmission first. If we had a, if we had I, not absolutely. A... Right. Absolutely. <laughs> what um what are some other things that uh you know that, that you see that you almost wish you could have either chatted with the person or maybe they just bought the truck. That happens a lot as well. Somebody finds, you know, this quad cab or regular cab, they bring it to you and it's like they just did it, you know, completely wrong and you gotta have you know, tell them, hey, we gotta go redo this or this is why it has that problem.
0: Um the biggest thing we see, you know, kind of in the day-to-day is Guys buying tuning, not from a reputable tuner, somebody that, you know, is just playing around because they got a laptop and a V2 and they think they're, a you know, a tuner. And we'll pull a data log and be like, wow, this is, this explains a lot on why the truck is so smoky, why it doesn't make the power it showed, why, you know, why it gets horrible fuel mileage. You know, these are all things that can be avoided if you do a little bit of homework.
1: Is the fuel economy side something that you've been seeing, you know, like this summer, a lot of potential customers or customers saying, Hey, Justin, how do I get better fuel economy in this truck?
0: Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we get that pretty much daily. Um, I usually start everybody off right off the rip with hotshot secrets, oil, diff fluids, um, just cause I can, and, you know, and fuel additives cause I can show you on paper the legitimate difference that it'll make in fuel mileage. And it's cheap. You know, guys start wanting to look at, you know, gain and fuel economy. Obviously, we know an engine's an air pump. Get the air in more efficiently, get the air out more efficiently, it is going to be more efficient. Uh, so we usually look on, on the intake side, the exhaust side, let this thing breathe, you know, and then we start playing with tuning. Uh, I have personally uh, quite a number of the 060759 trucks that I've tuned here in-house that get 24 miles a gallon on the highway like clockwork every single day um, that make nice usable power, you know, in that, you know, low 500 range very easily.
1: With the the fuel additives, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I was just thinking of a comment we had on YouTube and, um, I don't remember what episode it was on, but somebody said, I don't, I don't think additives do anything. There's no way that they, they they can make any improvement. It's just, I'm throwing something in the tank, but I know one with the racing that you do two is having a diesel shop and three is working on hundreds of trucks. Is you see this kind of data, what would you tell somebody that is skeptical, maybe doesn't have any experience with, um, you know, say some of the hotshot products or or anything out there that, you know, does things with cetane and and lubricity and, and the kind of real world stuff that you're seeing?
0: Well, I love the skeptical guys. I actually keep the, the <laughs> sample bottles of the EDT, like by the case. I talk to Kyle all the time, always order cases of it. Because guys that are skeptical, I give them a bottle, say, come see me after you run this tank through. Let me know what you find. Everybody comes back. Everybody buys it. Because it it sells itself. You can actually see the mileage gain. And you can hear how much smoother it runs after you run a tank through. Like, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a no-brainer. You know, the, the, the diesel fuel here in the United States sucks compared to what it used to be. You know, there is no lubricity to the fuel. It's very dry. It's not near what it used to be yeah. Yeah, because we're so worried about what we can do emissions wise. And that's where they started was in the fuel and pretty much took the life out of the diesel.
1: Well, I'm sure you see it. I know we're talking about Cummins trucks, but also on the Duramaxes, is the power strokes the CP fours and how important the conditioning, the fuel is for those, you know, those trucks as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Figure like your, you know, your six zero trucks, which seem to be still very popular because they are affordable now. Um, you get the young kids in, you know. That's the that's the first thing we tell them. Let's run a tank through with some Diesel Extreme, give us this fuel system a good deep cleaning, put a bottle of Stick Eliminator in it, run that through. Let's do an oil change with Hot Shots oil, and keep EDT in the tank. And everybody, like you can. I mean, I, I have countless videos of watching um, balance rates on the scanner being just completely off, you know, off the charts both ways. And we run some station Eliminator through it and some Diesel Extreme, and they're back to within spec. Like, the the it proves itself.
1: I think, you know, as well with maintenance, which is, you know, we're chatting about a little bit with... Um, you know, oil and, and fuel is how important is that for your customers, your repeat customers are coming in, you know, they're, say I'm dropping off a truck to get this transmission turbo, all the stuff we chatted about. Are you also setting me up to say, hey Patrick, I need you to come back in, you know, 5,000 miles or 10 and we need to do this. Like how, how important is that to be being able to make sure this truck last performs we're avoiding some of those those high dollar avoidable maintenance issues that we can see
0: uh if it comes here and it gets major work done it gets an oil change if you're getting a new turbo you're getting an oil change no questions about it uh every major turbo manufacturer will tell you that they want that for their warranty they want an oil change done with you know with documentation on install. That is the only oil we use here is Hotshot Secrets, full synthetic. So it's going to leave with that in it. Everybody that has ever been here for just, we have customers just come in for oil changes that, you know, or want to buy the oil. Everybody rants and raves. I mean, if I do it once, they're a customer for life. Because, I mean, the oil literally sells itself. And in this day and age, maintenance is key to whether your truck is going to, live or it's not all based on how you treat it and you got to start with maintenance first
1: you probably really see that with the racing program and the kind of extreme power torque heat boost all the things you're doing just how crucial it is in in that part of diesel performance where if i'm just driving a truck every day like i've got a really I've got to really pay attention to this stuff. I can't skip my old changes, transmission service, especially, you know, we're going to throw a new transmission in. Well, I've got to maintain that and my differentials and everything, you know, that goes along with it. Just how important that is to make these things last because, it, you know, it's so hard to find a new truck and the price tag's so huge. And maybe we want a pre-07, maybe we want something that's a little bit simpler. So how do we keep it running?
0: Right. I mean, maintenance. like I said, maintenance is absolute key the The whole way across the board, no matter what maker model you have, you need to. I mean, that's the easiest way to take care of it is good quality maintenance.
1: I know somebody's going to be listening to this and going to be like, "Hey, it's great hearing about you know you guys chatting about common trucks." But I got a power stroke. I got a Duramax. I'm in Ohio. Um, You know, do do they work on those? So, you know what? um, What's your guys' specialty there? What uh, you know, do you guys work on all all the big three do like you mentioned the maintenance also performance builds um kind of racing things or or what can someone who's listening expect if you know they're local to you or want to drive there and, and get some work done
0: uh yeah we work on you know on the big three uh you know we've we've got some fleet customers that you know have us work on everything that they own um you know up to big trucks as well but yeah i mean we i bet you 75 percent of my business is 6064 work
1: they're popular. The six O's, like you mentioned earlier, there's so many requests we get for episodes to do six O's and they're, they're cool to chat about because there's so much, um, that's happening like UCC with Casey turbos and, you know, lots Mm -hmm. of other competitors. It's, it's a platform that's, that's continuing to progress and it's really cool, really cool to see that. And I was doing another podcast. We're chatting about six fours. And we think of it's like, what, a three year, production run but there are so many of them out there and so many things that people need it's like ford built that many in three years and a decade later there's still this demand for you know engines and tons of different things with them
0: oh yeah the Ford platform is still popular i mean they're in my opinion one of the easiest to get power out of i mean (laughs) a couple of odds and odds and ends and a good tune and they'll make 600 wheel horse you know
1: yeah I was always jealous of that because I didn't have one, but I would see them and I thought, man, I should have, I really should have bought one of those. You know, it was just, they're so oh. easy to make power with and, and the transmissions yeah. were so stout.
0: Yeah. They make great power until they don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I own a, I own a couple six fours. And like I said, I work on six fours every day. The, yep. That's, <laughs> it can be an expensive platform when you, when you start tearing stuff up.
1: But once you go through them and you're able to fix them and upgrade them, do they have that element of reliability like we chatted about with the five nine? Once we do some of these things, where they're good to go,
0: reasonably not. I mean, I wouldn't expect it. It's not going to live like a Cummins truck or even like a six liter. I mean, you make a six liter live if some things are done correctly. The six fours, I mean, they, I mean, they're just they are problematic. You know, you. I mean, I I know guys have got lucky and got two hundred fifty k without doing anything to them, and I've also had customers in here at sixty thousand miles. You know, with cracked pistons. So, yeah. You I know, think there's no good or bad as far as what's going to make it live, what's not.
1: I think that's why a lot of first time diesel truck owners, when they're searching, you know, for information out there, they focus in on the five nine because it's so almost repeatable and predictable how they're going to perform what you do to them you know just you know what to expect if you purchase one and the process to go through to upgrade them or make it into a race truck or just make it last however many hundreds of thousands of miles you want
0: no i i would totally agree you know the the cummins platform i mean we've built so many of them pretty much every recipe is already wrote down on paper (laughs) yeah and You 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 can make them live. You know what they're gonna do every time, and I mean the the Cummins is like the small block Chevy of the diesel world. the The parts are way cheaper versus you know getting into uh, a Duramax or a Power Stroke. Now you figure you got two less cylinders, so two less of basically everything to buy. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a good budget friendly truck. You know, for guys, especially guys wanting to just start out having some fun.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why I definitely wanted to do this episode with you. We get a lot of requests to just kind of, you know, specify out that 550, 600, maybe 650 horsepower build. Cause it's so, it's so attainable. You can do it without an engine build. Yeah. You're gonna spend money on the transmission, but it, it it's so, um, I don't want to say easy, but we know how to do it. And right. I know there's going to be people that are listening to the podcast and they're going to say, hey i want you didn't ask a question that you should have asked justin or i'm local to him i want to know how to do this what are some great ways where they can one see what you're doing with the race truck two, be able to reach out to the shop chat with you guys ask questions about a build maintenance something like that and and connect with you
0: oh try to hit us up on the ziggler diesel performance uh facebook page i monitor pretty well i I try to get on there every day and answer everybody's questions and um, you know, they can hit us with an email at Ziggler Decent Performance at Hotmail. Uh, call the shop 330 268 9451, uh, or stop in and see us at 1908 Cleveland Avenue, Southwest, Canton, Ohio.
1: Awesome, Justin. I appreciate your time today catching up with us from that episode way back in the day till, yeah. you know, now and, and 3,300 horsepower and, and helping our listeners be able to make a plan for you know, building their truck. And I encourage them if they're near you, um, you know, give you guys a call, you know, schedule something, be able to to build the truck that they want. And that's just for now, but also the future, like you, you had mentioned with, you know, air and fuel is being able to grow with it. So right. I think that's important. And I uh, I learned some stuff and, and uh, you know, I appreciate uh, appreciate your time today.
0: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Don't forget diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kiausa.com. You can save 20% on anything site-wide, just use code diesel20. Whether you're looking for something for everyday carry, hunting, fishing, outdoors, you know anything in between just enter that code at checkout you get 20% off and then you know get the order delivered right to you so we appreciate Kershaw helping our listeners and helping us save some money. Also want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. We appreciate what they do for us. Texas Diesel Supply Rights Diesel Services Caleb uh, Tyler Low and a 23 Diesel all of our Patreon supporters, all the 550 plus people in our Discord, our 23,000 plus YouTube subscribers, all of you who listen on iTunes, Spotify, RR Radio, we pull so much inspiration you know, from you guys listening, uh, asking us questions, asking us to have guests. We wouldn't do this podcast without you, so I wanted to thank you all for listening every week, and if you do have suggestions for a show, for a guest, for things that you want to hear about, you know, let us know. You can find us on Instagram at The Diesel Podcast same on Facebook, same on YouTube. You can send us an email, info at the We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.